Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. Today, Saskatchewan farmers are making the last lap around their fields as harvest is almost done. Bill C-234 was top of mind at the Senate, and a Saskatchewan farm leader was one of many to talk about it. An ongoing research identified a protein that helps plant roots conserve resources in nitrogen-deficient soil. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Saskag Today on 620 CKRM. This is Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Saskag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. It's the final leg of this harvest in Saskatchewan. The crop report says 91% is complete, up from 82% last week, and way ahead of the 5- and 10-year averages of 73%. Crops Extension Specialist Mackenzie Ladoon says each region is either done or close to being done. The southwest and the west central regions are essentially completed with 98 and 97% of their crops off, respectively. The northwest is 9% completed, followed by the southeast at 89% and the northeast at 88%. The central region has really made some significant progress this week, with 82% of the crops in the bin already. Ladoon says it's a similar story when it comes to crops being harvested. So at least the many crops are entirely harvested provincially, with the remaining crops nearing completion as well. So what we're seeing is that oats are 93% completed this week, followed by canary seed at 88%. Our later maturing crops, or fields that were also seeded later, are representing the remaining acres left to be harvested although great progress is being made overall. What we're seeing right now is that 80% of canola is harvested, flax is 63% harvested, and soybeans are 64% harvested for the year. Another dry week gave producers more time in the field, but it affected moisture levels. And the most rainfall that we did receive was in the Cardiff area with 15 millimeters. However, this also meant that there was a decrease in topsoil moisture across the province accompanying the dry weather. So what we're seeing right now is that 20% of cropland has adequate moisture, 45% is short, and 35% is very short. 16% of pastures have adequate moisture, 44% are short, and 40% are very short. The dry weather also led to livestock producers experiencing a moderate water shortage for their animals. Many producers in the southwest and west central are experiencing more severe water shortages as well. There are several, or there are also concerns regarding livestock water quality amongst our producers. If they are concerned about their water quality, producers are welcome to bring in a water sample to a regional office, and they can work with our regional specialists to determine how to address water quality concerns. Ladoon says crop damage this past week varied. So crop damage this past week is due to those pesky grasshoppers still and those dry conditions. 
with some reports of wind damaging standing crops as well. We're also hearing reports of light frosting in the north and also waterfowl damage from the geese landing in the fields and eating the crop. And she reminds producers to be safe as they finish up harvest. Producers are reminded to take their safety precautions in all the work that they do, and the Farm Stress Line is available to provide support to producers whenever they feel the need. The public is also reminded to always take extra caution, time, and space when encountering machinery on the roadways to make sure that everyone comes home safe. Mackenzie Ladoon is a crops extension specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. You're listening to Saskag today on 620 CKRM. Up next is Bill C-234 and a Saskatchewan farm leader addressing the Senate Ag Committee. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch. For Prairie 6 Inch Eaves Trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6 Inch Eaves Trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit GrowMoreProfit.com. A Saskatchewan farm leader is the latest in a long line of people trying to convince the Senate Ag Committee to pass Bill C-234. The president of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan, Ian Boxall, wrote a letter urging the upper chamber to pass the carbon tax exemption on propane and natural gas used to dry grain and heat barns. I just want to make sure that we reinforce to the center just how important this exemption is for producers. You know, at a time when we're having to dry grain and make that investment to ensure that we have, you know, our grain is in good condition for sale and storage, that we've already had a tough fall when it comes to drying grain. And we just want to ensure that we leave that money in producers' hands so we continue to invest in innovation to make our, you know, for our farms and for our futures. And it comes for the same for heating of barns. You have a long, drawn-out, cold winter, and, and, and let's leave the money in producers' hands so that they can you know, invest in greener technology and ensure that we have what we can do for the future. Boxall also addressed the committee virtually this morning, which he says went well. You know, Bill C-234 is simple. It's easy to understand. It's an exemption for grain drying and heating of barns, and Let's not make it convoluted with a whole bunch of other stuff, right? The biggest point he tried to get across was farmers are innovators and great stewards of the land when they aren't bogged down by government policy. Well, I think farmers care more about the environment than we ever get credit for. We invented zero-till here in Saskatchewan. That's a gift that we've given to Canada and to the world, really, because it was invented right here at home. And that is something that has sequestered millions of tons of carbon, and we get very little credit for it. Farmers have always been innovators and we need to and we will always continue to be innovators to ensure the, the financial and environmental sustainability of our farms. And I think that's an important point that everyone needs to understand is just how innovative we have been without government pressure. Only a few senators remain skeptical of the need for the bill, arguing there are other viable options. Boxall responded to those counter arguments. You know, I, I think in time, are there alternatives? Probably. Are they up to the scale where we require them on the farm? Not yet. Will they get there? Let's hope. But currently, the systems we have in place, whether it be natural gas or propane for drying grain or heating the barns, is the most efficient way to do it. Is that what it holds the future? Maybe not. But currently, under the environment we're in right now, those are our two best alternatives and our two most efficient alternatives. So let's just get the exemption and, and let's get working on the innovation to be where we need to be for the next generation. 
Bill C-234 just needs the Senate's go-ahead for it to become law. You're listening to SaskAg Today. Up next is today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer. You're tuned in to SaskAg Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. A month-long decline of ice futures canola prices, which saw the oil seed lose $110 per metric ton, came to an end and was followed by a bounce back. While the price of the November canola contract still declined by $10 per metric ton to $726.10 during the week ended Wednesday, it hit its lowest price since the end of June at $710 per metric ton on Tuesday before making its way back up. Ken Ball, a trader for Winnipeg-based PI Financial, says canola has been oversold in recent weeks, pressured by the ongoing harvest. He notes biofuel usage is currently strong, which may lift prices for soy oil and soy beans. Diesel prices also remained elevated, supporting soy oil prices. Canadian canola carryout supplies for the current marketing year will likely end up tighter than earlier expectations. That's according to updated supply and demand balance sheets from Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada that account for recent production and stocks data from Statistics Canada. Canola ending stocks for 2023-24 are now forecast to tighten to only 1 million metric tons, down by 700,000 from the August forecast, and well below the 2022-23 canola carryout, of 1.506 million metric tons. Canola production was down from the August estimate, now at 17.368 million metric tons, which compares with the 18.695 million metric tons grown in 2022-23. Canola exports were forecast at 7.7 million metric tons, which would be well below the 9 million metric tons forecast in August, but in line with the 7.948 million metric tons exported in 2022-23. Meanwhile, projected domestic usage for canola in 2023-24 was raised to 10.274 million metric tons from 9.95 million in August. In a lawsuit filed yesterday, Corteva AgriScience accused Inari Agriculture a plant breeding technology company, of illegally obtaining hundreds of Corteva's biotech seeds, infringing upon Corteva's patent rights, and violating its plant variety protection certificates. Specifically, the lawsuit alleges that Inari deliberately used a third-party agent to obtain protected Corteva seeds, illegally exported the seeds out of the United States, made slight genetic modifications of the biotech traits, and is pursuing U.S. patents for those modified traits. Corteva is seeking damages to adequately compensate for Inari's alleged unlawful actions, as well as a permanent injunction against Inari, prohibiting any future actions in violation of Corteva's intellectual property. In its complaint, Corteva stated it learned in December of 2022 that Inari, through an elaborate scheme aimed at concealing its actions, had obtained hundreds of varieties of protected seeds from seed deposits at the American Type Culture Collection, 
a non-profit organization that collects, stores, and distributes biologic materials, including seeds, for research purposes only. The general manager of Manitoba Pork has felt the highs and lows of the province's pork industry over the past few months. While Cam Dahl expects Manitoba's feed grain harvest to provide some relief to feed prices for pork producers, he also mentions Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the African swine fever situation in China, and growing protectionism in the U.S. as factors that can upend the industry. However, one bright spot for the Manitoba pork industry was last summer's expansion of Winkler Meats, about 110 kilometers southwest of Winnipeg. A joint venture between Manitoba-based farm management services firm the Progressive Group and U.S. sausage company Johnsonville, the $52.8 million project, partially funded by the federal and provincial governments, will add 155 local jobs. The expansion follows the openings of the Maple Leaf Foods Bacon Processing Plant in Winnipeg in 2021, as well as Top Pigs Northskins Innova Canada Nucleus Farm near Plumas, northwest of Winnipeg, last year. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly sunny with a west wind at 20 gusting to 40 kilometers an hour, high of 19. Tonight, clear sky, west wind at 20 gusting to 40, then becoming light, low of 4 degrees. Tomorrow, sunshine, then partly cloudy, a southwest wind at 20 gusting to 40 kilometers an hour near noon, high of 18, the low 1 degree. Saturday, cloudy and a 60% chance of showers, high of 16. Saturday night, more showers and a low of 10. Sunday, showers continuing, high of 16. Sunday night, more of the same and a low of 6 degrees. Sunny on Monday, high of 16, low 5. Tuesday, partly cloudy, high of 16, low 4. Wednesday, partly cloudy, high of 15. Normal highs for this period are around 16. Normal lows, plus 1. Sun rose at 6.54 this morning. Sun will set at around 6.44 tonight. Around the province, in Estevan and Yorkton, 18. Swift Current, 14. Saskatoon, 17. Weyburn is at 19. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Yellowgrass at 19.3. Cool spot in Meadow Lake at 10.5. In Regina, it's mainly sunny. West-southwest wind at 19. Humidity at 45%. Temperature 18 degrees or 64 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure is at 100.9 and falling. Moose Jaw also mainly sunny. Southwest wind at 28 to 39 kilometers an hour. Temperature 17 degrees. Again in Regina, mainly sunny. West-southwest wind at 19, temperature 18 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. 
and brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The Senate Ag Committee is continuing to hear testimony as it takes a hard look at Bill 234. It's already passed third reading in the House of Commons with full support from all of the opposition parties and even some liberals. But a handful of senators aren't convinced that there aren't viable alternatives available to farmers when it comes to drying grain or heating barns. One senator last week even suggested we look at examples being used by farmers in South America. The Commons Ag Committee agreed to a sunset clause in that as new technologies come online over the next eight years, the exemption would be could be eliminated. Many of the senators believe rebates introduced by the federal government are sufficient, but as many farmers will tell you, they don't. This week, Alberta Senator Paula Simons posed this question to Scott Ross with the Agriculture Carbon Alliance about some of the rebates being offered to producers by the federal government. We heard Thursday from uh, government officials who were explaining, which I had not understood before, the aggregate way in which the carbon rebate works, so that it's based on your expenses and not on how much natural gas or propane or electricity you're using. And this seems to me to be backwards to a certain extent, because you could have a large cattle operation in Alberta and not use that much uh, power, because your cattle are out on the range, versus having a smaller business that is really carbon intensive. So it just seems to me that the way we are doing the rebates is counterintuitive. And I wondered what you would say to that. I would I would put that to Mr. Ross and Mr. Carey. I would suggest that was very much our assessment as well, as it's a, a very blunt instrument that does not really reflect the intent uh, of uh, what we believe is a critical tool in ensuring farmers have capital to invest in their operations. And I think um, the other facet to it that is so critical is it's not simply the size and nature of your business, it's where you're located. The region and the climate you're experiencing have an immense impact on many of these practices, as does the point that was raised earlier, access to infrastructure. That can be a fundamental driver of the extent to which you're exposed to carbon surcharges that are beyond your control. In the testimony from earlier today, Nicholas Rivers with the University of Ottawa offered this perspective. Grains are an internationally traded commodity, and there are legitimate concerns that the carbon price puts Canadian grain farmers at a disadvantage relative to their international peers. One way to address this concern would be to exempt fuel use for grain drying from the carbon price, as proposed in Bill C-234. This approach has the advantage of being simple, and ensuring international competitiveness of Canadian grain farmers as the carbon price continues to rise. However, exemptions to the carbon price also mean that grain farmers will no longer face incentives to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. As Canada strives to hit zero greenhouse gas emissions within a generation, it will be important to ensure that all emitters have strong incentives to reduce emissions. Exemptions to the carbon price will increase emissions and work against our greenhouse gas goals. While grain drying produces a relatively small amount of emissions overall relative to the Canadian total, such that the proposed exemption will not significantly affect our country's overall emissions, I do worry about the precedent it would set. The strength of carbon pricing is that it provides an incentive for all emitters to reduce emissions. Exemptions from the carbon price weaken the system. If grain drying is exempt from the carbon price, other groups will be, all, will be emboldened to seek exemptions from the carbon price as well. An alternative approach to exemptions would be a rebating system, similar to the system used for large industrial emitters. 
Under a rebating system, farm fuel would continue to be subject to the carbon price. However, revenue from the carbon price would be rebated back to grain producers in proportion to the amount of grain produced. Like the existing rebates for large industrial emitters, this system would continue to provide farmers with an incentive to reduce emissions from grain drying and other armed farm activities, but would also ensure that Canadian grain farmers were not placed at a competitive disadvantage in international markets. That's Nicholas Rivers from the University of Ottawa appearing this morning before the Senate Ag Committee. You're listening to SaskAg Today on 620 CKRM. Coming up next is research related to plant roots. You're tuned in to SaskAg Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com A research scientist in Saskatoon has identified a protein that helps plant roots conserve resources in nitrogen-deficient soil. Those resources are then used for enhanced growth of the taproot, which can go deeper in search of areas with higher nitrate concentrations. The lead researcher is Dr. Matsutomo Tokizawa, a postdoctoral research fellow at the Global Institute for Food Security at the University of Saskatchewan. He examined how plants respond when nitrate is not immediately available and focused on a novel regulatory mechanism known as STOP1. Dr. Leon Kochan is the Root Research Group Lead at the Global Institute for Food Security. We're trying to develop the tools because breeders can't breed for roots because they don't see the roots. The roots are the hidden half and they're harder to study. And so we kind of are helping the breeders by finding genes that make crops more nutrient efficient. He says stop one inhibits the lateral growth of plants root which grown from the primary plant taproot when there is a nitrate deficiency. And if it's in a high nitrate region, it then turns on and grows the lateral roots to take up the nitrate. If it's low in nitrate, it'll turn off the growth of the, the, the lateral roots, and that saves carbon. It's carbon for the taproot to grow faster and, and keep going and move on and then into a region that's high in nitrate. So it's only really growing the lateral roots, which is, takes a lot of carbon, it's most of the roots, when it's in high nitrate. So it's a very elegant way to be more nitrogen efficient, meaning make more yield using less nitrogen. Dr. Kochan says the root research has future potential. We've got to show the breeders and the companies, this works in the field. You can apply 20% less in fertilizer and get the same yield, or, you know, it'll have that trade plus under drought, it doesn't have as much of a yield loss. So that would be the way we would we approach it as we find these genes or, or genetic regions that control different root traits. To use an analogy, the plant's root system performs the same function as intestines in a human. Absolutely. The outer surface layer of a root is like the intestinal villi in our gut. And they both have microbiomes that are essential for them to function properly. So, yeah, it's the intestine, <laughs> intestinal lining of a, of a plant. The, the thing that's more complicated is it's sitting out there exposed to the environment. It's not in this nice, protected, one-temperature, no-drought <laughs> environment in your intestines. So. 
The network of regulators that drive these interactions are extremely complicated and additional work is needed to understand exactly how plants sense an area is low in available nitrate. You're listening to SaskAg Today. Up next is the Market Update. Here's the Market Update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were down in early trading today. Canola is down $6.20 at 6.7732. Number 1 red spring wheat is down 15 cents at 3.2483. The rest were unchanged. Durham 5.1474, feed barley 2.7258, chickpeas 10.3617, flax 5.6154, lentils 8.3710, oats 2.9432, yellow peas 3.8289. Feed wheat 223.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is down three quarters of a cent at $7.50 a bushel. Coming up is the Livestock Report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now, the latest livestock quotes. Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark Report for the week of September 27th. Wow, what a sale again. Huge numbers here. 3,015 in the short with another 300 cows and bulls to follow. A total of 33.15 for the day. Cows and bulls selling two to three stronger here. A nice, respectable sale. D1, D2 cows, 128 to 135, sales to 136, 137, D3 cows, 120 to 128. Older type, weaker, thinner, blemish cows, 65 to 90. Cows are averaging 128. From that good salt coach area, 1,700-pound cows, they topped out at 139. Lots of good bulls here yesterday, 150 to 160, sales to 173, 174. Bulls are averaging 167. From that good Melville area, 2,200-pound bull topped out at 175. And now, on to the main event. Listen up. 425-pound tan steers, 519. 500-pounders at 450. We had 131 black steers weighing 500 pounds. They topped out at 440. 105 red black exotic steers at 570 pounds. They topped out at 414. The 650s at 398. My favorite pen. What a powerhouse pen here. 50 red black exotic steers weighing 710 at 380. 780-pound steers at 355, and 850-pound steers at 346. We had some yearling, good yearling steers here, 950-pound steers at 316, and 1,000-pounders at 301. Onto the heifers, 425-pound black heifers, 422, 500-pounders, 381, 570-pound red-black exotic heifers, there was 94 in this package, they topped out at 364. The 650-pound heifers at 330. Onto the yearling heifers, we had 73 yearling heifers weighing 850 pounds. They topped out at 296. And 940-pound yearling heifers at 283. Highlight of the morning, these little calves, they're on fire. 51 little steers weighing 330 pounds at 551. And we had 115 red-black exotic steers weighing 640 pounds at $4. A great day was had by all. Good job to all our producers. And last Friday, we had just under 1,800 sheep, lamb, and goats. The cow ewes, anywhere from $1 to $1.15. And when some lambs here weighing 75 to 105 pounds, they were anywhere from 170 to 197. The nanny goats from 
$170 to $212 a piece, and some kid goats anywhere from 105 to $135 a piece. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. The latest pork prices are at $209.52 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Statistics Canada says the number of job vacancies in July fell 5.8% to their lowest level since May 2021. It fell to 701,300 in the month, continuing a steady downward trend since June last year. On a year-over-year basis, Stats Canada says the number of job vacancies was down just over 28%, or 273,700. The number of unfilled jobs in retail trade fell by 12.8%, while the accommodation and food services sector saw a drop of 11.6%. A new report from Deloitte Canada suggests the economy's near-term struggles will ease next year as the Bank of Canada begins cutting its key lending rate. The report estimates GDP will rise 1% this year and 0.9% the next. It predicts the central bank will start lowering interest rates next spring, eventually bringing the key rate to 3% by mid-2025. Deloitte expects a population surge and an improved outlook for trade with the U.S. have likely prevented the country from going into a deeper recession. On the markets, the TSX is up 138 points, 19,574. The Dow is up 129 points to 33,679. Oil is down $1.18 at $92.50 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at $74.20 U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Saskag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Thursday's edition of Saskag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.